Well, hello and welcome, everybody. It's your host, Ken D. Foster. Today is going to be an amazing day to expand your limits in all kinds of ways. I have for my guest today, Sarah Dykeman. She is the founder of beyondabook.org, which fosters lifelong learners, boundary pushers, explorers, and stewards. She hopes her own adventures walking from Mexico to Canada, canoeing the Missouri River from the source to the sea, and cycling over 80,000 miles across North America and South America, including the Monarch Migration Trip, will empower young and old to dream bigger dreams and become the best version of themselves. I'm so excited to have her on the show. Sarah, welcome to the show today. It's so great to have you. Hello. And we're doing this, we're doing this show, uh, you know, uh, yeah, exploring some new limits. That's, that's what I know. So listen, what, uh, you're, you're a very courageous woman. Where do you find your courage? Well, you know, it's funny because I don't actually feel all that courageous a lot of times. Often I'm just, especially when I'm on trips and I'm say I'm biking in Mexico or in Canada, wherever I might be. And it's a matter of, well, if I, if I am not courageous enough to keep going, then I'm going to be stuck here. And so a lot of it's like, well, it's better to, to maybe be a little uncomfortable and push through that so that I can get somewhere than to just stand still. So a lot of it's just a, a little bit of necessity. Well, I love that. And listen, you have biked, uh, you followed the Monarchs for like 10,200 miles on the bicycle. Uh, what did you learn? Well, I learned a lot riding my bike with the Monarchs. I learned that there's an incredible team of people taking care of the Monarch. So there's a team spread out across North America that is rallying, that being the voice of the Monarch, that is planting native plants and milkweed, which milkweed is the only food source of the Monarch. And I also learned that there's a lot of progress and there's a lot of work still to be done. There's a lot of places that I was biking and I didn't see Monarchs. I didn't see Monarch habitat. And so I learned... I learned that, well, one, that kind of makes me angry. <laughs> and, and two, rather than just, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Rather than just standing on the side of the road getting angry, doing something, make being part of the solution kind of helped keep me going. Well, okay, I want to hear the one that made you angry. What was going on there? <laughs> well, it's funny. I write in my book about uh, an incident with a reporter, and it was in Iowa, and I was almost into Minnesota, and I was talking to a reporter on the phone, and he asked me, am I always this angry? And I thought about it and I was like, well, I, I am a little bit, ang- I am angry. And I was angry that people were coming up to me every day at grocery stores on the side of the road. And they were saying, when I was a kid, I used to see monarchs and now I hardly see any. And I just got angrier that these people kind of gave me a broken planet and they weren't often doing much to be part of the solution and so I would get angry. And if, if you've ever biked by yourself a long distance, you know that you have a lot of time to think. And sometimes that thinking could spiral into not the best direction. And so I would actually really need to focus on staying positive. And the best way for me was my, that my best medicine was to stay with people that were part of the solution. So I presented at schools and I got to visit school gardens. I went and I talked to farmers that were doing things different, that were sharing their farm fields with milkweed. I met countless people. I stayed with I stayed with 68 people on my trip, 68 families, and 
almost all of them had a garden in their yard devoted to native plants and, and a garden for the, the monarchs. And seeing these gardens, meeting these people, that, that really truly was medicine that kept me going and, and tampered the anger. Wow, I really love that. And, you know, I think that um, you are courageous. And I want to hear about some of those stories about the families along the way. But before we do, i got to take a quick break. And then we'll come back and we'll uh, talk about uh, some of those stories. There comes a time when you know you need to restart and regain control of your life. A time to seek freedom from the anxiety, addiction, and other issues that may be bringing you down. A time to heal and re-emerge as the real you. Villa Kalima is a holistic residential recovery program exclusively for women for individualized treatment. Villa Kalima offers proven clinical and holistic therapies for the mind, body, and spirit to assure sustainable recovery. Villa Kalima focuses on healing the cause, not temporarily masking symptoms. It's the only way to truly recover and find yourself again. Villa Kalima is located in a beautiful, peaceful, resort-like setting and is a licensed and accredited residential treatment center accepting a variety of health insurances. Start your healing and renewal today by calling Villa Kalima in La Costa, California at 760-814-8214. 760-814-8214. Villa Kalima, a place for transformation. I've written a new book. It's called The Courage to Change Everything, Daily Strategies and Wisdom to Unlock Your Genius, Your Soul, and to Transform Your Life. So it's daily strategies. I wrote this specifically because over the years I've noticed in my own life and in the lives of my clients that, listen, a little inspiration doesn't get it. A little wisdom doesn't get it. A little action doesn't get it. It's daily, dripping on the mind, dripping on those actions, taking specific focused actions towards your dreams and setting specific goals, right? Goals help us to transform the little self into the possibilities that we have in each of us. All of us are given dreams. And if you're sitting there and you're not manifesting that dream, it's just a little bit of you is chipping away every day that's not happening until you finally wake up and say, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to connect with something greater than myself, my force, my God, my life, my universe, whatever. I don't care what you call it. You tune into that force and that's what's going to get you to the next level. everybody. Today, I uh, have my amazing guest, Sarah Dykman, here with us today. She is a founder of Beyond a Book, and she actually has a book out we're going to talk about here in just a second. But I wanted to find out about some of those stories. You know, what was the, what's the story or the people you stayed with that just stands out in your mind that you went, this was just absolutely off the, char- off the charts? That's an impossible question because I stayed with 68 families and there's there literally is something about each one of them that is memorable. And in fact, when I decided to write a book, I didn't know I couldn't write about all of them because it would have been. Well, it was actually the my first draft was twice as long as the book I finished with because I couldn't not decide. And I wrote about every person. 
But, you know, if, if I'm if I'm just thinking about it for a second and I, I kind of every time this qu- a question like this comes up, there's just one that comes to me kind of I don't even know why. And so the the first face that came to me was a garden or a woman named Amy in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And her garden, she had a, a little garden in her backyard. So there was green grass, there was a patio. And then in her garden, there was the milkweed, which I said is the only food source of the monarch caterpillar. And it seemed like a kind of small garden. But she told me it was early in the the migration. And she said, well, I've already found 40 monarch eggs on my milkweed. And it kind of blew my mind because it was like, this is such a small garden. And if only one of those eggs survive, well, that's 500 more eggs in the next generation. And if a few of those survive, that's a thousand more eggs by the time they get to Canada. And so meeting Amy and seeing her garden really was, for me, a, a testament to how small action adds up and how all of us are in this together and how all of us can play a part and be part of the solution. Well, I just love monarchs. They've uh, been with me. I I remember as a child, just seeing my first monarch. I actually remember that and just being in awe of that butterfly. And so I think a lot of people think that. So some of the things we can do to help foster the uh, the monarchs. Uh, one is I, I heard you say something about milkweed. Can you tell us a little bit about that and uh, when we plant it, or when we should, or where do we plant it? Right. So milkweed is the only food source of the monarch caterpillar. The name milkweed kind of is leaves a lot to be desired, but it is actually a super glorious plant. There's a lot of species, and different species thrive at different parts of the country. It has these really beautiful blooms. My favorite is actually called common milkweed and has these purple clusters of blooms that remind me of shooting stars. And they just smell like, oh, they smell so good. And the monarch females are really good at finding milkweed. And they'll usually lay one egg per plant. And then the egg will hatch into a caterpillar. And the caterpillar's job is to eat. And as the monarch, or monarch caterpillar excuse me, eats the milkweed, it'll actually sequester the toxins in the milkweed that prevent a lot of herbivores from wanting to eat it. And it will store that toxin in their own bodies, in the caterpillar body, and will start rendering the caterpillar poisonous and thus defended as well. And so the reason monarchs are bright orange is because they're warning predators, hey, when I was a caterpillar, I ate milkweed. And in doing so, I became toxic and you probably don't want to eat me. And one of the, 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 the problems with the migration is that the population is declining dramatically. And the reason for this is because of habitat loss. And habitat is home and habitat is food. And without native nectar plants to provide the adults with nectar and without the milkweed, the monarch can't survive. It can't thrive. It, it can't exist. And so the equation is very simple. No milkweed, no monarchs, lots of milkweed, lots of monarchs. And so you can plant some milkweed in your yard. And there's a lot of strategies to doing so. Some people plant them as seeds in the fall. Some people will buy native starts at nurseries, just make sure that they're organic. And some some people will actually do, it's called cold stratification, where they will store the seeds in the refrigerator um, to kind of stimulate or simulate winter. And, and then when you take them out, that does stimulate the, the plant to germinate. So I would just recommend uh, a quick Google search really to figure out the best for your area. That's so cool. Okay. Tell me, I want to know about the book, your book and uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about why, why did you decide to write the book? 
Well, I have done a lot of adventures on in my life. Like you said, I canoed the Missouri River. I walked across the country. I did. I probably biked about 80,000 miles. And people always asked, when, are you going to write a book? And I always just kind of laughed them off. But about halfway through my trip with the, following the monarchs, I realized that people wanted to hear what I had to say, especially when it came to the monarch. And I realized that that my goal on my trip was to be a voice for the monarch, but I could only talk to so many people. I organized presentations along my route. I talked to about 9,000 people formally and probably thousands more informally at grocery stores and whatnot. But I knew, I knew that there was a potential for my voice to reach a lot more people. And in doing so, the story of the monarch could reach a lot more people. So I kind of started thinking, I'm going to write a book. And like I said, when I finished, I didn't exactly know how to go about doing that, but I just wrote everything down and started editing. And I, I truly credit the monarch for, for the book. And I credit the monarch for teaching me how to write. Every edit was in order to do the monarch more justice. And in, in doing so, I, I really consider the monarchs my teachers. You know, I really love that. And I, I have a saying, I think, that uh, we don't really write books. Books write us and be, help us to become who we are. And I love that you had the monarchs as your teachers. Some of the lessons in the book that uh, you learned, or, or whether they're in the book or not, um, what, what did you learn uh, from the monarchs? Well, I think some of the main lessons as I was writing, the lessons were kind of showing themselves to me. And I didn't even really know I had learned them until I had this time to kind of think back on it all. I think one of the lessons is that we, and I think the monarchs teach us this, is that we need, that we often look, but we forget to see. And so there's these beautiful creatures in our own yards, in our neighborhoods. I, I saw a monarch in New York City. And while I was taking pictures of the the monarch there were people taking pictures of the um excuse me there's kids in the background right now people were taking pictures of the buildings i was taking pictures of the monarch i might have to tell the kids can i step back while you ask the next question yeah you can go ahead and uh, do the thing with the kids and i'll just uh, go ahead and talk for a minute so if you are enjoying this show, uh, this show is all about you. It's about you being able to contribute in greater ways uh, in this world so that you can become the best version of yourself and bring those talents, those gifts, those skills that you have to the world in a greater way. So um, just as Sarah is, I'm a, uh, I'm a triathlete. I don't know if she's a triathlete, but I'm a biker. And we have that in common. And uh, bicycling is a great way to be able to slow down, to be able to see the world, to be able to connect in health and vitality. So, uh, oh, she's back. Okay, let me re- go back there to her and say hello again, Sarah. So how many, uh, how many children do you have? <laughs> well, because of COVID, we started a little outdoor nature school. And there's, there's, right now there's only eight kids. And okay. it's really fun. We spend the whole day exploring and really doing what I did on my trip, right? Which is kind of segueing from what I was, was saying earlier was teaching them how to see. So yeah. we, we crawl around, we look and we actually, we not just look, we don't just look, but we, we start to see all the beauty that's in our own backyard. Well, when, when we can see the beauty in life, life gets better. That's for sure. So Listen, I got to take a quick break. When we come back, um, I want to dive a little deeper into the children's side of this and how the children can benefit from uh, from the monarchs. So we'll be right back. 
Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time. This powerful but simple guide provides you with 365 days of life-transforming wisdom, profound questions, and action steps that will increase your strength and open the doors to success. Stop wondering why your business or life isn't working. The answers are available now. Imagine if you had more courage or another chance to start following your dreams. To pick up your copy of The Courage to Change Everything, visit thecouragetochangeeverything.com. That's thecouragetochangeeverything.com. Today, women in business are helping each other prosper like never before by overcoming stereotypes, networking together, and sharing essential resources. Since 1991, Women's Wisdom, the premier business networking organization for purpose-driven, soul-inspired entrepreneurs, has helped women grow their businesses and become the best version of themselves. Women's Wisdom hosts online events with celebrity speakers, best-selling authors, and business experts dedicated to helping you, the small business owner, expand your possibilities, build new relationships, and get the right referrals. Take your business to the next level and join Women's Wisdom at womenswisdom.net. That's womenswisdom.net. talking to Sarah Dykeman. We're talking about the courage to expand your limits. And she's a limitless lady that has biked over 10,000 miles with the monarch butterflies, written an amazing book about the journey and some of the stories that uh, along the way of the 68 families that she shared uh, time with. And um, so Sarah, she's also passionate about the children and helping the children learn and, and uh, uh, expand their, their uh, consciousness, expand their presence. Sarah, let's talk about children a little bit. Um, how, how does the book uh, relate to the children? Or how can we inspire our children to really become uh, uh, naturalists and, and, and tune into nature uh, so that they have uh, richer lives? Um, well, kids are already naturalists. They're already very curious. They're already going slow and excited about everything. And... And so I just want to encourage that. And one of the ways to do that is to, is to just get down in the weeds with them and to, and to celebrate every, every little discovery. And it might not be a discovery that's new to the world, but it's new to them. And, and highlighting these discoveries and encouraging them is, is not just rewarding, but it's, it's so necessary because then they grow up and they remember the monarchs they saw. They remember the frogs that they caught 
and they remember that they share the planet with these creatures. So getting kids outside is not just important, but it's like, it's, it's, I think it's key to conservation. I think it's key to conservation also. And, um, you know, I'm really wondering, you have such an amazing mind and you're so courageous. You really are, even though I know you're humble about it, but you're doing things, you're on the leading edge and you're, you're expanding your limits. Um, what, what is your next big goal? What, what are you going to do next? Hmm. Well, the, the monarchs are really leading the charge right now. So they were the ones that told me or kind of led me on the, on the journey of the bike ride and then on the book. And that's still kind of playing out. And I, I want to continue to be their voice. I want to continue to have adventures with them. I'm trying to write a book for kids. I originally wanted the book to be for kids, but I, I realized that there was just a lot in me that I, I needed to get on, on a page that would just be boring for kids. <laughs> but now I'm at the, at the point where I can talk about all the funny little misadventures I had. And so I think the next, the next adventure with them is, is, the, is the kids' book with the Monarchs, that is. I really love that. And, um, you know, I, 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 I think that going on an adventure like that teaches you a lot. Um, yeah. You keep saying that what the monarchs taught you at the monarchs. Do, do you feel you had a communication with the, the monarchs themselves? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't. I'm not. I don't feel like I was talking to them. I was more like I was. I was seeing the, the world through their eyes, and in seeing the world through their eyes, I was able to make new connections to to my life and a lot of a lot of metaphors. My favorite monarch metaphor, which is for me a lesson but also something I learned from just seeing the world through the monarch's eyes is, is, is something that I see when I go to Mexico and in Mexico, that's where the monarchs overwinter and they will actually cluster in the trees and by the millions and their collective weight, a monarch is super small about, it takes about four to equal the weight of a dime, but their collective weight on the branches will actually bend branches and can actually even break branches. And so I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the monarchs and I'm thinking it's the same with us, right? One person alone can't bend a tree, but with all of us working together, with all of us doing our own part of the of the of the puzzle, with all of us contributing however we can, and it, for some it's planting gardens, for some it's being a mayor, for other people it's riding bikes. But all of us together, well, we can metaphorically bend bend trees, and so by by really just observing the monarchs, I was able to see these this connection. To, to our own lives. Well, I, I sense that people have a huge connection with the monarchs. And, and I think one of the greatest places they can start to really um, cement that connection is to get your book. So where do we find your book? You can find my book wherever, wherever books are sold. I have a copy here. It's called Bicycling with Butterflies. Lots of, <laughs> lots of butterflies. Put on screen for a second. So Bicycling uh, with Butterflies. Ironic I'm not very good at this. That's beautiful, beautiful color. Yeah. yeah. And, um, okay. Well, all right. So, you know, I, and I, I love what you just said about uh, bringing people together in a collective way that we can move mountains. I think that's absolutely correct. And um, is there a, is there a, a, a Monarch but a Butterfly website or a Facebook page or somewhere that they can connect with you too, Sarah? Uh, my website is beyondabook.org. And that, that is sort of a hilarious name because I just wrote a book, but I, I'm hoping people read my book and then they go outside. And so 
the book is kind of the introduction to this world and the introduction to, to adventuring, maybe the introduction to bike touring. And then the fun part is crawling in the weeds and having your own adventures. So it's beyondabook.org. And then there are so many amazing resources online for monarch-specific information that I encourage people to check out. Well, I'm curious. Um, uh, do the monarchs go to the same places every year? Right. So the monarch population, there's a, an eastern population that basically um, in the summer is from the Rocky Mountains to the Atlantic Ocean. And they, in the fall, they lay a generation of eggs that don't emerge as monarchs and immediately start mating. But instead, they fly back to Mexico. And and so they go almost to the exact same trees every year. And so if you think about it, like when I was in Indiana, say, and I saw an egg on a milkweed in, in the fall, I'd look at that egg and I'd be like, you have never been to Mexico before. In fact, it was it was probably your great grandma that, that started the migration in the, in the spring. But you are going to d- eat this milkweed. You're, if you can survive all of the, the mowings and the predators and the windstorms and the cars, then you could fly to the exact same tree as your great grandma. And that, ooh, that blows my mind every time. That, that blows my mind, too. That's really amazing. Wow. And, um, okay, uh, what, what, uh, what city in Mexico uh, were the ones that where you saw the, the millions of monarchs? Is that? So they, the monarchs are in the state of Michoacan and Mexico, state of Mexico. And they, they're on the border. And the majority of them are in a, in a place called the Monarch Butterfly Biosphere Reserve, which is land that both people live on and the monarchs live on. So it's a shared space where they're trying to, to, to find a, a, a way for everyone to survive and everyone get what they need. And the closest, the Mexico city is about, about two hours away. And uh, wow. for the most part, all the cities around are pretty small. Okay. All right. And uh, what would you say um, is the, uh, uh, the next step maybe for the monarchs themselves? I mean, I know we can plant some, uh, you know, do we need legislation to protect them up here? What, what do we need? What do we need that uh, would really foster the, uh, the, uh, the growth of the, uh, the population of the monarchs? What we need is to share the planet. And so that's going to come through legislation. There's legislation right now to help municipalities make roadsides pollinator friendly. So that means not spraying chemicals. That means mowing at the right time of year so that you don't mow down a bunch of milkweed that has a bunch of caterpillars on it. That means planting natives. There's there's so many little places we can go. And there's also the, the, the Monarch mayor pledge. So mayors can, can, there's a list of things that, that mayors could commit to for their city. And if they do enough of them, they can be part of the, the mayor Monarch pledge. There's, there's lots of, of things like that happening and there's not one solution for everyone. And it's going to be different in different parts of the country and rural versus cities. But if everyone just looks around and sees a, sees a plot of land that's that's kind of going to waste, so whether that's a green grass lawn that no one uses, maybe your own front yard, and starts starts converting that to natives, that's that's the solution. I love that. Wow, Sarah, Sarah Dykman, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was enlightening, inspiring, and uh, I personally am going to go plant some milkweed this year and uh, do my part. So um, you've, you've converted one person at least. Awesome. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot more. So thank you so much for being here. 
and participating in the show today. Thank you. All righty. And for the rest of you, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Please let your friends and family know about the show. We are here every Wednesday on Facebook and YouTube. You can get all of our replays at voicesofcourage.us. And you can tell Alexa Alexa Cortana or Siri, just play Voices of Courage podcast and it'll come right up for you. Give a shout out to some of my friends over there at Las Vegas TV Network. Thanks for doing what you do and putting us out there all over the place. Binge TV, thank you so much. And also talk uh, talkradio.nyc, talkradio.new York City. Thank you. Thank you, Podopolis. Thank you, AMFM247, and all the rest of you that are helping us. From my heart to yours, until next time, I encourage you to keep on seeing the unseeable, knowing the unknowable, and doing the impossible, just like my guest is doing. Take care. 